It is 13 minutes past the hour of 6 Radio and DYR 105.1 FM. It is the Sports Unlocked crew with myself, Uayan Danyuswa, and Miss Fahida Crouch. So we're going to be delving in now to our first discussion of the day. Now, as we all know, 2020 has been an incredibly tough year in sports, none more so than athletics in our country being hugely affected by the pandemic. So today we'll be looking back at this year's top moments and challenges in athletics in our country, as well as touch on women in sports and those highlights that have happened this year. So to help us unpack all that and more. We're joined now by ENCA journalist Sushloni Mtimkulu, who is joining us right now. Sushloni, good evening and welcome to the show. Hey, Ayanda. Hey, Fahida. Hi. How are you doing, Sushloni? It's been it's been a while. It has been. Um, I'm good. It's the festive season, but it's not quite the festive season. So we're trying to manage that. Yeah, Fahida and I were talking about the fact that we can't go to the beach and we're Durban Nights <laughs> on the 16th of December. But anyway... Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna catch it next year, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, Sisloni, what a year it has been. I mean, arguably mm-hmm. one of the worst years in humanity, and oh. we really did suffer in sport. And um, mm. also, just looking at the fact that the athletes, the athletics, um, track and field athletes in our country had to really take the back seats because they only got to get back into the track only in November. So, looking at all the all the the the, the, the action that they missed, it really has been mm. a tough time for them been and like like you know what is and you know part of the, the, the hi yes yes. yes yes perfect sorry yeah i'm saying it's just it's been such a weird year and when you think about um sport in general and then you think about um covid and you have to think about life versus mm. um sport i guess but sport is people's livelihoods anyway you know so but in terms of um athletics you know um Things were looking good in terms of um, at least at the beginning of the year preparing for the Olympics and the Paralympics, yeah. you know. And we had started the season was just getting underway with the provincial championships um, at the end of February at the beginning of March, yeah. um, and then the SA champs were supposed to happen in April. But of course, then COVID happened, and then it just all went, you know. And then, as you say, in November things started coming back again. So not a lot has happened, and I wonder how. Um, you know, with things kind of coming back now, mm. um, how is going to affect uh, preparations for uh, for Tokyo? You know, athletes obviously have to qualify for Tokyo. Um, will they be able to go to Europe? I know a few athletes did end up going to um, to Europe. Wade and Akanya and them ended up going to Europe mm. um, in the middle of the year. But I wonder now what's going to happen in terms of that and what um, the IOC, the IPC, and the IWAF are going to do in terms of all those qualifying standards and that sort of thing. It's just it's such a weird um, thing to look at, um, especially for South African athletes who are, you know, we, we, because we're in the Southern Hemisphere as well, the seasons are different, you know, so now suddenly athletics starts in November, which is not normally um, the case for it to start and the mm-hmm. heat and all those sorts of things. So there's lots of considerations um, in terms of that, but uh, look, it's been like that for everyone, I suppose. And that's what, um, that's what a lot of athletes have been saying, that we've all been affected by this thing. So you can't, um, you know, you always have to keep that in mind, that it has affected everyone. It's not just um, only special people, only specific people. Yeah. 
Natloni, you've mentioned mm. now how difficult it's been for athletics mm. to to get back on um, mm. on the bus and just mm. hit the ground running. Um, mm. And then now looking at an international scale, uh, they need mm. to obviously prepare for Tokyo 2021, which was supposed to happen mm. in 2020. Mm. But mm. now there's still questions being raised around that. Um, a lot mm. there's been polls that have been um, released, and the results mm. are showing that many are saying that. 2021 should not happen, the Tokyo Olympics. Mm. Yeah, and interestingly, um, the IOC has been very um, insistent. Samasbach, the president, has, you know, he's been speaking in the past, I would say, three or four weeks, um, and he's also been to Japan as well, and he's been saying that there's no reason why the Olympics can't happen, the way that preparations are going, that Japan is still well um, on the way to preparing for the Olympic Games, you know, and for the Paralympic Games. So for them and for the officials, um, things are going as they should, I guess, but the question will be around having fans at the stadium. But, you know, for athletes, it's also, you know, they were preparing for this year, and they were kind of reaching the peak of their preparations when, um, in March when things just went off. And now they have to prepare in all this uncertainty again. And you don't know what's going to happen, whether, for example, with the vaccine situation or that affects things. With, uh, sorry, whether in terms of the numbers of cases um, in the different countries, how that's going to affect things. Or Japan just allow everyone in, even if you're coming from whatever they've classified as hotspot countries, you know, World players have to quarantine for 10 days or 14 days or 7 days, whatever it is. You know, the logistics around that, it's just such a mess how they're going to manage that situation. But I think that, you know, on a smaller level, they've managed to host um, some diamond degrees and some athletics meetings, you know, mm. um, and some other events in Europe especially. So I suppose they can take lessons from those smaller um, events and see how they can... Um, um, use that um, to manage how they're going to manage Tokyo. But, you know, it's just, it's interesting how it's going to happen. But also, you don't even know if, what if um, we have more, like a third wave or a fourth wave around the country of this yeah. thing, you know, so, yeah. Mm. And we're just talking about the track and field athletes right now mm. and in terms of they're looking forward to the Olympics that are going to be next mm. year. But more so the long distance runners in our country really mm. suffered a lot this year. You know, with the cancellation of the Comrades, the Two Oceans mm. Marathon. Yes, there mm. were some sort of virtual events that took place, mm. but it's not really the same when you compare it to what they're actually used to doing. Not at all. And, you know, at some point I was just like this virtual marathon, this virtual race thing, I was just starting to get... So I'm like, oh, it's not the same at yeah, all. Yeah, you know, you yeah. want to be, for athletes, you want to be in that um, environment. It's an adrenaline rush as well, you know, mm. to be in that environment um, with other athletes around you, on the road, uh, with people on the road, that sort of thing. So it's definitely not the same. And, you know, uh, in terms of, I know um, um, AFA has, has now brought back events up to the 10K. Um, you don't know now, and even though Comrades is set to take place um, next year with the Comrades Marathon Association confirming that it will take place um, next year, mm. what that's all going to look like, um, is it going to be a virtual one or a real one? Um, are they going to be qualifying races, and how are they going to be qualifying races when at the moment you can only run official races up to 10Ks, you know? So it's just so many questions around what's going to happen with athletics next year. 
I, I'm glad I'm not an official or an administrator because there's just so many questions and there's yeah. so much uncertainty still, you know, so many months into this thing. Mm. Yeah, and so Sloni, now just looking at the landscape of women in sports in South Africa, mm. there's a lot to celebrate from this year. Obviously, the likes mm. of Banyana Banyana winning the Kosafa Cup. We also mm. saw the ladies at the start of the year, the cricket ladies making us proud in, in the T20 World Cup. So there's mm. been quite a lot to celebrate this year. It definitely has been. Um, and, you know, I think that mustn't be forgotten in in all the uncertainty of COVID, that mm. at the beginning of the year, uh, the women's uh, protests, the momentum protests were a few runs. I think they lost to Australia by five runs in yeah. that semifinal mm. of the T20 World Cup, you know, so they could have been at a, at a final of a World Cup. And you have to wonder... Um, you know, they always get so close and they get to the semi-final. So mm-hmm. it's almost like at some point they will get to to a final. You know, if if um, things kind of, um, maybe they spend more time together, if there's an actual professional league in the country, you have to wonder how much more they can achieve, you know. Yeah. And I think it's a similar situation with Banyana Banyana that um, on the region um, and on the continent, they do so well. Uh, you have to wonder how much... Um, what more they can do if there are structures in place. You know, it's obviously, I mean, uh, women uh, and women athletes are starting from the back foot. We know that, you know, sport wasn't always up um, for women. And mm. there's so many um, barriers to, to get through. But, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's amazing what they've been able to achieve, um, you know, with the little that they do have. Um, individually, I don't know if you want me to talk about individually, because I was just thinking about this. Um, you know, with Carla Mossad, um, or Carla Pretorius, the, um, the netball protest, and she's done well playing um, um, in Australia as yes, well as yes. netball, you know. So mm. there's been, like, pockets of women doing really well um, that maybe don't get the same sort of recognition or whatever, you know, interest. But they are there, they're doing well, and it's good to watch, and it's inspiring to watch, actually, that it does happen. Shoni, now, with mm. all the, this good things happening, I mean, you mm. do, names can pop up easily. Uh, mm. But I guess also um, the question that is then raised again is mm. um, when are we going to start professionalizing uh, sports ah. for women? Um, ah. And not just, just for the fun of speaking about mm. it or for the sake of saying professionalizing mm. sports in the country, but... Um, mm. For an international level, I mean, if mm. you have the Banyana Banyana team competing mm. against an England football team, mm. um, we'll die. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> we have one female that's competing in the F2 now across, um, mm. uh, internationally. Mm. Yeah. So, mm. we, if on an international scale, uh, how, mm. how, how can we cope um, if we are not on a professional mm. level um, right. in the country? Yeah, that's and that's the thing that you know, and a lot of um of our teams um and um the, our our athletes they do really well like within like Southern Africa they do really well on the continent. Mm. But the problem is that gap between uh, the continent and on the world stage. And I think the fact that there isn't um there aren't dedicated leagues um that's a big problem. So they're not playing regularly. And if you think of netball um. The Telcom Netball League, obviously this year was different, you know, but like last year um, and in the previous year, it's, it's a few weeks um, at a time of the year, you know. So you obviously want to have something more consistent. And Netball SA president, Cecilia Mulugani, has been talking about and wanting to have a Netball League so that her players aren't going to 
Australia to New Zealand to England to play mm-hmm. their netball, you know, so yeah. that they can play here. If you look at the number of Banyana Banyana players that are now playing overseas as well, you know, um, they're not playing together. They're playing in different parts of the country, uh, the world, you know. So you want to to have those sorts of structures in the country um, so that the players are together and they play more often together. But also the other thing is you have to think of development um, mm. and grassroots issues that you want young girls to see that actually, hey, I've seen someone who looks like me. Uh, here's netball. I can play netball, you know, um, and, and they have something to, to reflect on about what they want to do. And right now, because also um, women's sport isn't on TV as much, you know, as well. So that yeah. also adds a whole dynamic to it as well. So it's tough out there. Um, but I think baby steps um, all the time can be made um, to get us there. If we have committed um, officials that want to make all those things happen. Mm. And of course, with voices like yours, Sloney, we can only hope that um, that everything is going to be fast tracked, you know, and everything is going to oh. put, be put out there in terms of the awareness of the sports and just mm. to get the game professionalized. Yeah, we hope so. I mean, like we, when I look at, I mean, I think of how often we ask this professionalizing question to netball, yeah, uh, to to football, and even to um, to to cricket um, in in a on a smaller scale. You know, mm. it's been. Uh, on and on and on. But I think officials now know that they can't afford to keep um, holding it off. Um, you know, with football, the South National Women's League is not professional, but it's kind of a start, you know. And hopefully things will, will get to that point. With netball, that's what they want to do. Um, with with cricket, they, you know, the good thing about the momentum process is that the players are on professional contracts. But now you want to have um, an actual professional league as well to back that up. I think for for you know for cricket, for example, for women's cricket, it will take a little bit longer, mm. um, just because I guess um, yeah, I just feel like when you look at how established um, the men's game is compared to where the women's game is, um, it will take probably a little bit longer. Even though there's there's cricket happening, there's women's cricket happening at the moment, you know. Mm. But just all those things, hopefully, we will get to a point where. We're no longer asking, and it has happened. Definitely. So, Sloney, if you did not know, today, or this week, rather, is our last week on air. Um, oh. So, thank you so much for your expertise and share, just sharing, uh, you know, your expertise with us throughout the year. I know it's been, we've had a really good time with you. And from on behalf of everyone from D, uh, DYR and Sports Unlocked, mm-hmm. we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, awesome. Thanks for having me. And yeah. um, all the best for the rest of the year to you guys as well. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Sloney. Yay. Cheers, cheers. Bye. Cheers. All right, so that was ENCA journalist Tushonim Tim Kulu. They're chatting to us about athletics and women in sports. They're reflecting on what has happened this year. Fahida, obviously the match is happening.